We're calling it the greatest preseason game. Why not? What a thriller. A Stephen Curry game winner. It's the preseason, but we're vibing, folks. Come join the party. Kyla Mills is with me. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube where all our live shows are exclusively available. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at her name. It's super simple. Kylan Mills at Kylan Mills more specifically. You can follow me Cyrus Otzes on threads at Dog Wild. Kylan, that was a thriller. Uh, you know, I, again, I, I think it's safe to say greatest preseason game ever, at least for the Warriors. They come away a, a winner thanks to Stephen Curry's game winner. Your immediate reaction and how the heck are you, Kylan? Good to see you. Good to see you, Cyrus. I mean, how are you not in a good mood after watching that game? The Warriors just put together an incredible performance, trailing pretty much all game uh, for a large portion of the game by double digits, and they somehow come back on a Steph Curry game winner, sinks a triple with five seconds left. That's all she wrote. Kings are out of timeouts, and you just saw that this game was over. The Warriors were climbing back all throughout the fourth quarter, and there were some surprising performances for me from the dubs and it wasn't just I know we're going to talk about uh you know and we have talked about Jonathan Kaminga but I really like Trace Jackson Davis I thought he played really well I thought Dario Saric might have played his best game so far in the preseason um and so there's a lot to be excited about for Warriors fans uh Saric to me though and Jackson Davis were two of the big pleasant surprises from the team's performance hell yeah I mean I don't even know where we start I guess we start with Stephen Curry uh, I want to see if there's any sound yet uh, from his post-game uh, interviews. No, not yet. But uh, well, let's read the stat sheet. Um, actually, do I have a box score? I feel so unprepared right now. Uh, that was too much. That was a very exciting game. I you're, I agree with you. How weird was it to you, I guess? Let's start here. How weird was it to you that in the fourth quarter, uh, the Kings had a relatively commanding lead. It seemed like they had control of this game. Warriors yeah. are, are staying alive in it. Uh, you know, they were down, I think, 18 at one point in the third quarter, but they, you know, they, they, they keep coming back, they keep hitting big shots. And then late, middle of the fourth quarter, you suddenly see the Kings bringing uh, Sabonis back in. You see them bringing Darren Fox back in. They wanted to win this game. They were taking it seriously. And then you saw the Warriors uh, respond by bringing Stephen Curry in. Chris Paul comes in. And, I, you know, Stephen Curry, I, you, we both listened to his postgame interview. And I love what he said about this game because he was asked about, you know, why they they, they uh, put such a high priority on it, um, why they were even playing this late in the game. And, and he, he talked about identity, how the preseason, especially this year with this new roster, they're forging a new identity. And even though it's a preseason game, they are building that. They're building an identity of a team that's serious about winning a championship. Uh, your reaction to Steph's words and just the fact that they took both teams took a game like this so seriously. It's still the preseason technically. Uh, I love it personally. I mean, Steph Curry is saying in that immediate post game interview, talking with the game broadcast crew, um, that is Kalena, um, 
who asked him, I, I think it was Kalina who asked him, but anyways, basically Curry saying that they want to develop the habits and identity now, I think is a really positive sign. That's why the Warriors took this game so seriously yep. is because they want to develop that championship identity, the championship uh, like I said, just you want to develop those habits. They want to be able to close out games. Yep. So they could have easily, you know, just thrown in the towel when they were down by double digits to start out the fourth quarter. But this is going to emulate what they're going to do in the actual postseason and especially or and in the regular season and postseason, but especially the opportunity for some different players to get into the fourth quarter, I think is huge because it's not just about Steph Curry. We know he can hit game winning shots, but yeah. seeing Moses Moody get some run in the middle of the fourth quarter, which he didn't play a lot tonight, which I didn't love, uh, but he got a little bit of run there in the fourth quarter, but just seeing some different guys have the opportunity to play late in the game, see how CP three fits in. I know, Kerr put him back in with like maybe two, three minutes to go. I can't remember the exact timeline. But, I mean, these are the times where the Warriors need to try to work out who's going to be in those late-game situations, figure out, you know, just kind of how they want to run the offense, how do they want to pace a game when they are trying to claw back and, and to, you know, tie a game up and take a lead after they've been trailing throughout. I mean, this is all great practice. And I do agree with what Curry said that, you know, you can start to establish that identity now. So even though it's preseason, exactly. both teams absolutely were taking it seriously, and it's a big positive the Warriors came out on top. Absolutely. And look, there's going to be – I will say, I feel like the Kings and Warriors got something brewing. Like, I don't want to say rivalry, but, like, you know, there's a little – like, both these teams are kind of like, yeah, we want to win this one, even if it's preseason. <laughs> absolutely. I, I do I, – I, look, they, people usually say the old adage goes that – it's not a rivalry until the other team wins. And look, the Kings haven't beaten the Warriors uh, in a game that actually matters yet, right? I mean, the, you know, the, the playoff series last year was incredible, but the, the Warriors came away victorious. But it really does feel like a rivalry. Um, and and I, look, it's a preseason game. You had both teams have their starters in there. The entire arena was going nuts. Ape shit. Sorry to, 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 for the fanity there. But I mean, look, Stephen Curry – Hits a game winner, and it, and it felt like it mattered. I look if a preseason game has this much relevance, if it's this important, if it carries this much weight, yeah, I think it's a rivalry. And but but you're right, the Kings have to actually win some games in the process. Look, we're gonna have there's gonna be some negatives in this game as well. This was not a perfect performance, um, and I took a lot of notes. But look, they won, they remain undefeated in the preseason. Um, the feeling is very good right now. Uh, and just to, to read off Steph's box score real fast, because this was Steph's night. Look, he had the game winner. Anyone who's 30 critical had about 30. Exactly. <laughs> 30, 30 for 30. You're absolutely right. Uh, added four rebounds, five assists, had a plus seven, played 31 minutes uh, in this game. So I took a ton of notes, Kylan, and I, I want to know what your feedback is. I thought Jonathan Kaminga played a yet another great game. I was actually a little bummed that he wasn't in the game at the very end. Uh, Steve Kerr's closing lineup was Curry, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Dario Saric, who was going to, I feel, have some nightmares tonight if those missed free throws ended up costing them the game. It did not. Uh, did you like the closing lineup, by the way? Because I, you mentioned Moody. I, I noticed that as well. We didn't see him until late in the second quarter. Uh, he had he had limited minutes tonight. I think Moody total uh, played seven minutes. Yeah, I don't. So that was kind of weird. I, I would have liked to see him and Kaminga finish or at least one of the two, um, are you satisfied with that closing lineup? Because the closing lineup usually indicates who the coach trusts the most. What are your thoughts on who we finished with, Steve Kerr? I would have put Kaminga in the closing lineup. Absolutely. With the way he's been playing in preseason, he's been on an absolute tear. Uh, I would 100% trust him in that situation. And it's preseason, so this is exactly the time where you want your young players like Jonathan Kaminga to get reps. Uh, so I would have liked to see him in there. I wasn't surprised. 
Uh, whether CP3 comes off the bench or not, I think there is a good likelihood that he could possibly be in that closing lineup. Um, I could still absolutely see that being the case. So that wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, the rest wasn't a surprise to me, but I would have maybe traded out Kaminga for Sharich. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one change I would have made aside from that. Not a big shock, but I would have liked to see more Moses Moody in this game. Um, he had one, I think it was the second quarter, maybe five, five and a half minutes left when he finally did get in that he had like a really nice little hesitation and moved to the basket, laid it in. And I was like, oh, okay, Moody. And then he had that nice no look pass. Uh, I can't remember when it was late in the game. Uh, who did he set up? He had a great no look. Maybe it was to Sharich or, um, Trace Jackson Davis. It was Trace Jackson Davis, Moody with a no look pass. And then he dunked over Sabonis. That was a really great finish by Trace Jackson Davis, I think, in the fourth quarter. Uh, but anyway, so I thought Moody made a couple of nice plays in the limited minutes that uh, that he saw. So would have liked to see him more. These are the times where he needs to get reps. And I, again, think that he's going to be a key piece uh, in the rotation this season. So look for more from him. Yeah. Um, here's what I noticed. And, and uh, again, Kaminga, I thought, was spectacular. I think he's he's ready to go for this season in terms of being – a major player, you know, they usually say year three is when players emerge. Uh, and Kaminga is so far uh, fitting that cliche. Uh, 29 minutes for him, 18 points, the leading scorer in this team in the preseason so far through four games, had six rebounds, uh, did have five turnovers, but I don't think they were costly turnovers. Um, you know, Stephen Curry also had five turnovers to put it in perspective. Um, one thing here's here's what I what I observed, and I'd love to get your feedback on all this. First and foremost, in the first quarter. Um, I saw a play that I feel like if the Warriors run this routinely, it's unstoppable. Um, and that was a Stephen Curry, Jonathan Kaminga pick and roll. I don't know if you noticed that. They only ran it, I think, twice. The moment I saw that, my eyes opened up. I'm like, how the hell can anyone stop this? Especially if Kaminga's developing his game the way he is. I like the pick and roll, period. I feel like the Warriors never run that enough, um, especially with the talent the Warriors have. But now that you've got Chris Paul in the mix... But did you salivate at that concept the way I did? I know that's a, maybe a strong word, but um, I, I'm, I'm getting giddy about the, the, the Curry-Kaminga pick and roll. What are your thoughts on that? With the way Kaminga has developed, he is dangerous in the pick and roll with his athleticism and verticality, both with Steph Curry and Chris Paul, which is why I've been saying I'm excited about CP3 being with a second unit because I think Jonathan Kaminga needs someone like either Steph Curry or Chris Paul to set him up in those situations. So uh, I love Jonathan Kaminga on the PNR. And I also love Trace Jackson Davis. He surprised me. He's great in the role. Uh, He has just kind of the mentality of that traditional big where he just lingers. He loves being in the paint is good at finishing uh, on those opportunities. And I will say that he looked really good in the pick and roll as well with all of the point guards who are out there running tonight. Um, So, I mean, scary hours for the rest of the NBA because I think Jonathan Kaminga's game has come to leaps and bounds. And I just was really, this to me was a big statement performance for Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, He's played well, but I don't know that I felt as strongly about him as I do after this game that he really has major potential course you don't want to put too many responsibilities or you know too high of expectations onto a rookie but loved what i saw from him today in the pick and roll game as well yeah you know one name that's in the chat a lot is clay thompson uh you know there this was not all roses tonight um he's starting to become a bit of a divisive uh topic when you bring up his name because the dude's struggling there there's no way to paint it Uh, some people in the chat are saying he's going to be fine kylan when we come back i want to know how you feel about clay thompson is it too early to be pressing any panic buttons. My, in my mind, I'm already thinking maybe the bench is where he should go. And, and I know that's harsh, um, but 
I mean, you've got a lot of talented players on this team all of a sudden, and I, I'm never going to be a supporter of playing a person because of nostalgic reasons, playing a person because of what he did in the past. It's all about when it comes to athletics, this moment, what are you doing right now? And if Clay can't, you know, can't, uh, you know, play better than Kaminga, play better than Moody. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if like, if it's, it's, it's a little concerning. We'll touch on that in just a moment. I'd love to get your thoughts. Uh, Got to give some love first to one of our two sponsors tonight. And that is bird dogs. Kyle, and I got to get Charlie those clothes because I know he's going to love it. I really am confident in believing that your man is stylish. Uh, your man looks good no matter what, but I can't even begin to imagine how he's going to look if he's wearing some bird dogs because the whole premise of bird dogs is comfort and style all merged into one. In today's world, the post-pandemic scene, it, you still want to be comfortable, right? I think a lot of us have come to realize chilling at home is a nice concept. It's 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 a beautiful idea, but sometimes you got to leave the house. Sometimes you can't just sit at home all day, and that's where bird dogs comes to play. You can just literally melt on your couch, watch TV, watch Warriors action, watch Locked on Warriors on YouTube, and then all of a sudden, if your partner says, hey, go get us some food, you don't have to change. You can just wear those exact same bird dogs, head out of the house, and look damn good out there doing it before you come back home, and you can just melt right in the couch again. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. I have one of those. I have one waiting for Charlie. And again, these clothes are for men. Uh, so so uh, that's why Kyle and I don't, I don't have any for you. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. You are locked on warriors. Your daily golden state warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The chat's on fire. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Every dayers, I've got a hell of a show for you tomorrow. I got two Hall of Famers coming on this program. Rick Barry is a regular. I'm sure if you're if you're an everydayer, you've certainly seen him on this program. Warriors legend, 1975 NBA Finals MVP. But besides Rick Barry, I got George Carl also joining the show. Another Hall of Famer. I got two Hall of Famers taking your place, Kylan, uh, in the co-host seat. And that's what's coming up tomorrow. If you have any questions that you want me to ask George Carl, uh, just just uh, I'm on threads. Find me there. Add Dog Wild the Super Easy. You can follow Kylan Mills on all so- social media platforms at Kylan Mills. Um, so that should be a fun time. And one thing I'm going to visit with George Carl is a brawl in 1987 that the Warriors were involved in that very few people know about. I'm going to play that clip on the show. This was in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz. George Carl was punching fans. I'm not making this up. It, it, it is so underrated. Everyone, when they think of big brawls, thinks of the melee at the Palace with the Pacers and the Pistons. No, Warriors Jazz in 87 was right up there. I'm going to play that clip. And I'm going to talk to George about that and so much more. But right now, we got Warriors Kings post game. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts, Kylan? Uh, Clay Thompson tonight. Um, I just don't know if it's just a rhythm thing. I don't know if like the fact that he's in a contract year is in his head a little bit. You know, he started regressing last year, and this is a dude that's turning 34, coming off two very serious injuries. And in tonight's game, 24 minutes of play, he was two for 10 from the field. He was one for four from beyond the arc. And that, that one three-pointer was in the fourth quarter. He was 0 for three until that moment. Was a minus two in the plus minus. Finished the game with just five points. Did have four rebounds and three assists. Did have two turnovers. What are, actually, am I reading that correctly? Um, hold on, hold on. I was reading the wrong stats. I apologize. Uh, 32 minutes. Still had five points. Did have seven rebounds. Four assists. 
three turnovers, a minus three in the plus minus. I put my apologies for the for the stats there earlier. Those through three quarters. Your thoughts on Clay Thompson? Is it too soon to be concerned? Um, is is this a thirty four year old Clay Thompson? Is this what we're going to have to accept? What are your thoughts? I don't think it's time to press the panic button yet with Clay Thompson. This is similar to what we've seen the last couple seasons post double injury Clay, where there's just times where he's pressing, he's forcing it. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily letting the game come to him, which is what Clay Thompson needs yes. to do. I still mm-hmm. thought he made some good plays. I think the rebounding is critical for the Warriors. He had a couple of nice assists, had a couple of opportunities where he did pass up the shot and make the extra pass or find a teammate. So I do want to give him credit for that. Um, but I do think the big issue is really trying to hone in on his shot selection and just trying to let the game come to him, hit some shots in rhythm and just try to slow it down a little bit. I don't think I'm necessarily panicked yet and saying, let's put him on the bench. I still think clay brings a lot to the team as well defensively. Um, And then, like I said, some other things I saw from him tonight in terms of the rebounding assists, you know, I don't know that I necessarily am ready to bench him or, or to say that he needs to shift roles, but that's definitely a possibility. Uh, you yeah. know, based on a larger scale evaluation of how he does earlier in the season. Um, I mean, one thing is though, with his three point shooting ability, he does still keep defenses honest. He can still spread the floor. He does still have a value in that way as well, even when he's having an off night. Um, but this is kind of clay. This is what clay was in 2022 and 23, just a little bit inconsistent. Like he still had great shooting nights. And then you would have nights like tonight where he went two for 10 and shot 20% from the floor. Um, So, I mean, maybe this is just what clay is um, that you're going to have some good nights. You're going to have some, you know, games like tonight where, where he struggles in terms of shooting, but if he can make up for it by doing other things, well, like playing lights out defense, grabbing a ton of rebounds, you know, setting up his teammates, then I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who I'd replace him with in the lineup either. Like I still like that Warriors starting five that was very successful last season. So I think we just have to wait and see a little bit. Uh, are you willing to give Clay a longer leash or you really strongly feel like he needs to be relegated to the bench? I don't have any strong feelings on this at all okay. because emotionally, obviously I've, I've, Love the man. I mean, he's he's respond a huge, massive part of the of the dynasty, of the four championships. Um, you know, but I also understand that you've got to push nostalgia aside. I mean, the reason why I'm I, I I'm entertaining the idea of Clay coming off the bench is because the Warriors have a lot of talent, and I don't want just Clay's past being sacrificial in terms of Kaminga losing minutes. Like I, I think Kaminga is ready to be a starter. I also. Uh, this was the first time I think any of us have ever seen uh, Chris Paul come off the bench in his entire life, um, at least as a professional. And I wasn't blown away from an, an initial impression with Chris Paul being a part of the second unit. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad thing, but he does look like a starter. And part of me wonders if maybe Clay should come off the bench. So Chris Paul starts alongside Steph. They do have a nice chemistry. Those two, you could tell they've been working a lot this off season together. You could see the rhythm um, I just don't want to see other players lose minutes because we love Clay and, you know, it's just, it, we, I don't want to get feelings involved, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But no, I don't have strong feelings myself in terms of Clay yet. But if we're 10 games into the regular season and he's still doing this, you got to enter, you got to start seriously talking about bringing him off the bench because so far he's not playing well. You're a hundred percent right about one thing though. I, I'm glad you brought this up. He still has gravity. Like defend, yep. defenders are not ignoring him. He, you know, he's constantly hounded. 
but he's just not in a rhythm. Like he's oftentimes forcing shots. He's dribbling too much. Um, look, if you're defended that much. Don't shoot the ball. Yeah, like just find the find an open person. I mean, he's getting doubled out there sometimes still. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent with you in that regard. Um, anything else with Clay before we move on from that subject? No, not related to Clay, but someone in the chat said that my husband is good looking. So I don't remember where that chat comment went because uh-huh. uh, the chat is is uh, on it tonight. The chat is is fired up tonight. So they are. But thank you. Uh, thank you to whoever said that we're a good looking couple. Uh, and then also someone else commented really quickly before we move on that Jordan Poole, I don't know if you saw that he had that 40 piece tonight for Washington. 41. And yeah, yeah 41. And uh I don't know. We're gonna have to see if he has a blow up season for for Washington. It uh may not be a good look for the Warriors. I don't know. Uh, I just thought of that because you were talking about how whether or not you like CP3 on the bench or whether you like Clay Thompson possibly moving to the bench. And I was just thinking, well, that would have could have been Jordan Poole on the bench uh, dropping forty apparently. But honestly, I think this is the best situation for him. Yeah, and again, he dropped forty one in a preseason game for the Wizards. I'm gonna I'm gonna chill on. Uh, any kind of reaction to Jordan Poole. Look, I'm happy for him. If, you know, if, if he has success with Washington, Same. more power to you. Um, but I'm not going to overreact or even react. I mean, there, look, there's too much Warriors going on tonight. So we've, we've touched on Jordan Poole. Yes, he got his 41. Uh, so so congrats to you. But the Warriors won a huge game. Um, and I don't think they're thinking about Jordan Poole. I, I, I saw that and I just was like, you know what? The Warriors have so much going on. It's, it's, it's not even worth thinking about at the moment. Um, you know, what did you think about uh, the Twin Towers? Uh, you know, like this is a, the Warriors of a head coach that we, you know, like myself has been, has been critical extensively of his, his love of small ball, but we had a lineup out there tonight that for a considerable amount of minutes included both Dario Saric and Trace Jackson Davis. Gotta give Trace Jackson Davis his love. I want to read his stats real fast because I, I think it's a universal consensus that he held his own. He was playing an all NBA uh, center in DeMontis Sabonis. And he did not look like a rookie who was out of place. He looked like he fit. He looked like he belonged out there. And in 25 minutes of play, uh, was 6 of 14 from the field. Good, not great um, in that department. But he had 13 points, had 10 rebounds. Um, and, and most importantly, he was challenging shots. Uh, you know, he was playing solid defense. I love this kid. And then again, we saw this Twin Towers lineup where he was out there oftentimes with Dario Saric who spreads the floor with his own three-point shooting. Uh, Charge tonight was just one for five, but, I mean, teams respect him. They're not going to just let him sit out there alone. And Charge finished with 14 points, uh, six rebounds himself. Look, the Twin Towers was a great look. Um, What were your thoughts on seeing two bigs out there, which is a very rare occurrence for this Warriors team? Uh, I like it. The Warriors, I think, need to go bigger and they have to have bigs who can contend with the way a lot of these other teams are shaped. And we keep talking about, you know, they have to have an answer for a Nikola Jokic. Um, So they better start giving some of these bigs some minutes now and start trying to work them into, you know, that role. And I like having the extra size because the Warriors have struggled with paint protection. Um, They've struggled with size. They've struggled with stretch fives or bigs. Um, And so, you know, I, I, I loved it, but I love Trace Jackson Davis's game. I think that he looked, was giving Sabonis fits tonight. I mean, to be fair, he dunked over Sabonis on um, that. Like I said, I can't remember yep. exactly when it happened in the game. I wrote it down, but I didn't write the time code. 
Uh, he dunked over Sabonis on that no look pass for Moody, and I was like, "Yeah, buddy." Um, I thought he played good. I thought he played good defense. Um, he's very athletic. He has size with the Warrior, which is what the Warriors need. He finished really well. He looked pretty smooth. I think that he made good reads. Like I said, was good in the pick and roll. So I really liked his game. Who else got the over on that Curry three? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I don't. I thought that OU was two hundred six. It shouldn't have mattered, but you never know. Maybe it was a, it was some sort of little uh, a side bet where Steph Curry had an OU on points. I don't know. Congratulations if you won on that. That's that's huge. Um, but yeah, Trace Jackson Davis. That was beautiful because Kevon Looney was out because of an illness tonight, uh, and the rookie coming through. The Warriors have what four or five players with dads who are former NBA players, right? You got Steph, mm-hmm. you got Clay, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Gary Payne II, who yet again looked fantastic tonight. He's an underrated aspect of this team, by the way. I, I know Gary Payne II, if you're a member of Dub Nation, you're fully aware he exists. But, I, I, dude, his impact's going to be big. I mean, he is back to being the Gary Payne II of two years ago. Um what a game. I'm, I'm giddy. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to discuss on this show. We saw uh, Corey Joseph tonight for the first time, um, which, which, you know, which was interesting because that resulted in, in Brandon Pajemski not getting any minutes. Uh, Moses Moody barely played. We got to touch on that. I also saw a lineup out there that really made me giddy. And I'm going to get your thoughts on that, Kylan, and so much more. Got to give love to our second sponsor of the evening tonight, and that is the FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's right. You place a $5 bet, win or lose, and they give you $200 in bonus bets. That's as good as cash. You can play with that, gamble with it, do whatever you want. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action, whether you love spreads, player props, which is maybe where Steph got the over, uh, OUs, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season and the NBA season is just around the corner. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. One final segment. You can follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills. Kylan, look at the audience size right now. Look at that. We got almost, we're approaching a thousand people for our live show. We've never done that. Thank you, everyone. We've also, I believe, um, I want to look real fast. I think we might have surpassed 10,000 subs uh by now let me check if, if i can't thank you folks enough for the support and love i i really genuinely mean that it is not just me saying that yes we have ten thousand subscribers i i, yes, I just away. brought up on my phone Woo-hoo. I, that's insane so thank you everyone Re- i really genuinely mean that from the bottom of my heart um incredible so Corey joseph let's touch on that real fast it was the first time we saw him tonight the, the, the i feel like the one downside uh was that again brandon pajemski I had to sit. Um, it was reported during the game that Steve Kerr had a conversation with Pajemski about Corey Joseph, that he basically just wanted to see what he looked like. I, I like him. The, the moment I saw him out there, I, I have no complaints. I have no issue with Corey Joseph getting minutes. Um, again, Brandon Pajemski is also looking damn good. Uh, there was one particular play where I saw Corey Joseph uh, get inside the paint and then found Trace Jackson Davis when he drew the double. Um, he runs the offense. He's good. He's, it's night and day from what they had last year. Any thoughts on Corey Joseph? 
Uh, I thought he was fine. I wasn't particularly impressed with Corey Joseph. I like Brandon Pajemski much more. Um, I think that Corey Joseph reminds me a little bit of Chris Paul, and I don't think he's a point guard who's going to look to push the pace at all. Um, I thought he made decent decisions. Uh, you know, he just didn't stand out to me. I still think I like, uh, is it pods? Like, is that the official nickname? Brandon yeah, yeah, P-O-D-Z. When people say pods, uh-huh. like, is that a thing? All right, well, anyways, I think pods is better. I can't say pods. I just feel like that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I just say uh, I like Brandon Pajemski better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, a, a lot about his games, uh, I, a lot about his game, I just, I prefer. I, I don't know. Sounds good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stuck on Corey Joseph. All I'm saying is like he was fine, but yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Exactly. I, I but, but, uh, and real quick, Traveler Quinez, uh, I think you brought up Guy Santos a few times. He wait for him next year. Next year is going to be his time. Um, there just isn't enough room. He's still a little raw. They, you know, he'll be in Santa Cruz this year. Um, there was a lineup I saw. Are we ready to move on from Corey Joseph talk yeah. here? Okay. So, um, and, and kudos. Yeah, first game, you know, good, good. It was fine. I have no complaints. But I, I get at the same time, Brandon Pajemski has been really impressing me through in his preseason, and I can't wait to see what comes from that. Um, yeah. Andrew Wiggins looks like he's finally in game shape. He looks like he's finally ready. He was not impressing the, the first three games leading into tonight. I had some concerns with him the same way. I still have concerns with Clay Thompson, which is why I am holding out hope for Clay because Wiggins showed me tonight sometimes you just need a few games to warm up. And Wiggins was huge, seven for 10 from the field. Uh, he, he shot, he put up two, three pointers, made one of them, uh, finished the game with 16 points, uh, only had one rebound, but that's not what he's in there for. Uh, had three assists was a plus nine and the plus minus, but what, what stuck out to me the most from, from Wiggins was he was going into the post a lot. In fact, the warriors themselves were going into the post a lot. And when you go to the post, that helps with free throw attempts because you're back in a dude down, you have position, you have the advantage. It's like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, telling Anakin, I got the high ground. You got the high ground when you're in the post. I, you know, I, I, to me, it's a, such a fundamental part of the game that a lot of players in the modern era are moving on from or don't really learn. It's a very valuable skill set, and Wiggins has been working on that part of his game for years. I thought it was fantastic. The only mistake I saw from Wiggins tonight was him playing up De'Aaron Fox a lot late in the game. You got to give that dude space. De'Aaron Fox needs the Russell Westbrook treatment, in my humble opinion. If you're gonna, if he's gonna beat you. Make him beat you with jump shots. He's too fast. He'll get to his spot inside anytime he wants. Other than that, great game from Wiggins. Your thoughts, Kylan, on Mr. Andrew Wiggins. This, Yeah, this was Andrew Wiggins' best game we've seen so far this season. Um, I think in general, the Warriors were doing a good job of being pretty aggressive, especially when they started to put together that comeback and, and later on in the game at you mentioned not just getting the ball into the post, but attacking the paint. Um, I thought they were much more successful as the game went on. I still would like to see Andrew Wiggins attack the basket even more. Um, that's one thing that, to me, unlocks his game and is the key to his game is his ability to attack the rim. Uh, but I think this was the best that Andrew Wiggins has played. I thought he was yeah. excellent defensively. He shot really well because he was creating quality shots and he hit the ones that that you know that he created. Seventy percent from the floor is all you can ask. Um, one rebound, three assists, a steal, a block. Like I said, I think the defense is, is something that is, is critical. Um, and you know, he was tasked with guarding Darren Fox. That's not easy. Darren Fox is one of the most prolific offensive players in the NBA. I mean, the way he finished out last season, I mean, he is incredible. You mentioned his speed already, like he can blow by anyone. And I think that Andrew Wiggins, uh, did well. So, 
I am happy to see him progressing and hopefully this continues. Cause I agree with you. He's been a little bit more, he's been a little bit underwhelming so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, 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 and real quick, just to say, I'm not, I am not at all saying Brandon Pajemski should not play. There's one person in the chat. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm not at all. I love Pajemski. I've been just been hyping up and raving the kids. So if he, if he gets Corey Joseph's minutes, so be it. All I'm saying is Corey, I'm just last year still haunts me a little bit. So Corey Joseph, even on last year's team would have been night and day, <laughs> a positive, but Brandon Pajemski, you know, I'm in love with the kid. He's so far so amazing. Um, you and I both talked about Moses Moody. We wish he would have played a little more. Um, only, yeah. uh, uh, we saw him for a total of what, like seven minutes tonight. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is for that. We didn't see him come into the game until late in the second quarter. Uh, I, I saw one lineup that really made me giddy. And I would love to know what you think about this lineup. The five players that, that I saw out there that I was like, wow, that, that could do something um, was Steph, Chris Paul, Gary Payne II, small but tenacious, uh, Dario Sharge, and Kaminga. I saw those five. I saw the team rally when those five were together. I'll look up the stats tomorrow in terms if I don't know if the NBA and their stats department is preseason the way they do the regular season. But I'm curious to see what the plus minus was for that five-player unit. I loved it. Um, wondering any final thoughts on that and anything else as we wrap up the show. I can't believe we're already past 30 minutes. I know. Um, I don't have any final thoughts on that. I mean, the one thing the Warriors have to clean up, it's obvious, it's a theme, is the turnovers. The 22 turnovers was the one thing that stood out. I know you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, of course, there's going to be some room for improvement, as there should be at this point in the season. Warriors are always going to be a high turnover team, but to think that they were able to win this game, Despite 22 turnovers, bodes very well for them for the rest of the season. You think about how much they would dominate if they were to cut those in half. That's kind of scary. So once again, for me, this season, the Warriors are going to have to be a little bit cleaner in terms of taking care of the ball. And something that even when we talked to Kevon Looney, he pointed out is that the margin for error is smaller for the Warriors this season than it has been in the past years of the dynasty because they're getting older and some of the other factors that we talk about. Um, and so that's one area that you clean that up, you make it so much easier on yourself. So a lot of young players getting in the mix. It's still preseason, not necessarily anything to you know write home about, but certainly the turnover is something the Warriors, I think, should key in on this season. Uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, for people asking about uh, Usman Garuba, I agree. I, I want to see more of them. But this was the game. Steve Kerr mentioned that there was going to be one game where they treated like a regular season game. This, I'm, I'm guessing this was it. Um, so maybe we'll see Usman Friday when they play the Spurs. We'll be back at it live as usual. That's going to be the format all season long, unless um, Kylan and or myself are both at the Warriors game. Then obviously we won't. But we'll be back at this Friday night. Kylan, great to see you. What a, what a hell of a game, man. What a hell of a preseason. The Warriors are 4-0. They look good, folks. I know it's just the preseason, but Steph, I thought, said it best. They're, they're forming an identity. They're building cohesiveness and chemistry. I'm I'm getting giddy, folks. That's all I can say. I, I, I'm, I'm already looking forward to those Nuggets matchups in the regular season because they right now are the standard bearer, and I want to see how this Warriors team stacks up with them. Any final thoughts, Kylan, as we wrap it up? Night night. <laughs> Preseason oh night God. night. From Steph Curry. You're, night night. You're, you're a legend. That's it. Night night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. That was.